Hello and welcome to the Q York podcast. It's great to have you with us today and we hope that as you listen, you'll be inspired as we continue on our shared quest together. This podcast is entirely free and yet it's not cheap to put together and wouldn't be possible without the generosity of our supporters. So if you consider yourself a supporter of Q, then please head to qyork.co.uk and hit donate to show your support today because there really is no Q without you. Thank you and enjoy today's message. Hey everybody, I trust you well and uh, hopefully at least getting some opportunity to enjoy the good weather <coughs> at this time. So uh, blessings to you. Uh, just a couple of things. Um, Kelly Craven lost her grandfather and also her grandmother. Um, lost grandmother, I think, the night before granddad's funeral wake so please please uh, remember Kelly uh, in your prayers we send our love and our thoughts and um, uh, pray that peace will be on all the family at this time Uh, also I apologize in my last talk for getting a little bit excited and uh, tapping the desk so if you wondered what all the the banging was it was it was me doing the preacher thing so (laughs) please forgive me and uh, we'll try to do better also we uh, we've got another sound set up uh, today so hopefully the audio of this will be um will be a little better for you also the mug of the day today is uh, see that one that's uh, it's my riley mug okay says you're my hero it's my little treasure who i'm missing uh missing very much uh so today uh i am going to be a bit of a barbarian and uh, stretch you a little bit um, in your thinking and uh, in your in the application of your mind to the process that we are going through. Um, the word barbarian is an interesting one because we only associate it with kind of uh, um, marauding warriors who rape and pillage. Uh, but actually, if you look at the dictionary definition of a barbarian, one of the dictionaries at least uh, has the definition that a barbarian is different to the dominant class or group. So um, I've always been a bit of a barbarian in in how I've seen things and how we've built uh, the church here in York and come all the way through to, to, to Rock and to Kew. Um, and have probably pulled back from that too much in recent times and uh, not being not being challenging enough um but you know who knows uh so being a barbarian is actually in my dna and my desire and my motivation is being different to the dominant class or group and i hope you pick that if you haven't picked that up uh, then you really haven't understood who we are as q um in outworking that uh today I want to talk to you about punctuation. Um, And before you get uh, switched off, no, this is is not an English lesson. Uh, This is a life lesson. Uh, Our lives are not so much punctuated by the events that happen to us as they are by how we respond to the events that happen to us. And of course, punctuation determines within the English language and within our writing and hopefully within our speech, um, 
it, it expresses where the understanding and the emphasis um, and the possibilities and the options um, and the conclusions are and should go in 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 our use of, of the language. So think of the punctuation in terms of your life and 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 how you respond to the events that happen to you. So let's get very topical. Where we are at the moment in the current crisis, we are being told that there are hawks and doves. Now, I don't know if you understand that phrase. It's most often used of uh, governments in the context of of warfare, where there's a threat of warfare or or the um, the the possibility of going to war or not going to war. So they would talk about those who want to resolve a thing by military means as being hawks, and those who want to avoid it as being doves. So we're being told at the moment that the, that the ones who want to get people out of lockdown, back to work, get the schools back to work, get people. Uh, back into work, get the population mingling again, um, uh, you know, get business back up on its feet, get people back in their jobs, get people earning money, get life back to normal, that that for some reason they're being called the hawks. While the ones who are saying, no, we should maintain the lockdown, we should keep it not just for uh, a little longer, but for a lot longer, and we should be thinking about not even uh, coming out of the lockdown fully until until there is a virus. Uh, at which point does that mean, therefore, then that everybody will be required um, legally to to be vaccinated with the virus? They're being called the doves. But what I want you to understand today is that. Uh, whatever your thoughts and opinions on this matter, it very much depends how you're wired and the way that you think and approach life as to which group you think are the hawks and which are the doves. Um, if you have a deep-seated driving compassion for what the impact of the lockdown is having on people who have lost their jobs, uh, people whose businesses have gone bust, uh, and uh, have reached a, an irretrievable point where that dream can never live again, which, of course, has a knock-on effect to all their employees and and the chain that they would then be supporting. Um, uh, also, those who, um, who maybe have struggles with mental health through this whole lockdown thing is causing a, an absolute crisis of kids who are, are, need the relief of school because of the because of the problems at home, a dysfunctional family where they're in trouble all the time and uh, it would be a horrible time and probably abused in, uh, in uh, several ways or, or, or marriages that will fail because of the lockdown or, 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 or women that are being abused by husbands or partners um, and so on and so forth. You understand what I'm saying? If, if you have a deep concern for those, some of us would say that those who are deeply concerned about the, the after effects and what all this means beyond uh, protecting the vulnerable in the coronavirus, which is, which is good and I agree with, but beyond that, um, some would say that they're the doves. They're the ones who are saying this is the right approach. This is the gentle way to do it. And would term those who are saying 
uh, no, we should keep the lockdown. We should go all the way. We should, you know, if it takes 18 months, it takes 18 months because goodness knows what happens to the economy and jobs and people's well-being and livelihoods and uh, and mental and emotional health. They're being called the doves, but some would see them as the hawks and say they're the ones who are threatening everything. So what I'm trying to get you to see is that is that uh, one man's hawk is another man's dove, and one man's dove is another man's hawk. So, so you got to keep loving one another, and uh, we got we got to we got to have a sensitivity to be broader in our embracing of the questions and the ideas and the thoughts and the concepts and the context of this whole thing much wider than than how we, from our own personality type, would read it. And then want to present it and that to be a dogma. So you'll see how punctuation comes into this, I hope, um, by the end. So so this is where we are at the moment. Now, um, I have grown up all of my life in the church. Um, I have been in ministry for uh, almost 38 years. Um, I have been a senior pastor, a senior leader for uh, what is coming up um, 29 of those years. And um, so my exposure to, to church, how church works, what church does across denominational lines, even at the moment, you know, across a particular religious persuasions is is very extensive and very deep and and so from that perspective I wanted to share with you something that deeply concerns me because I recognize it and um, on the surface it may not be seen by some to be what I personally believe that it is and so I wanted to propose that to you today that's why I said it's going to be a bit barbarian because some of you will say, oh, yes, absolutely. Some of you will say, I struggle with that. Some of you will say, you are right to say that. And some will say, who I wish you hadn't said that. But uh, my job is not to sugarcoat everything. My job is not to just um, ease your comfort and tuck you in and read you a story. Um, probably one of the things that impresses me the most about the life of, of, of Jesus in the Bible was his tendency to disrupt people's thinking, people's approach, to shake their dogmas, uh, not just religiously, but also also ethnically and nationally. Um, and um, to some people to say the wrong thing in the wrong place. I, I remember just digressing, just for one second, right? So my one allowed, allowed digression. Jesus one day is preaching to, to the Jewish people who've been told you must never eat anything with blood in it. Um, uh, you just mustn't do it. And then Jesus, he's got a big crowd and, and according to how it's written, he stands up and says to them, unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you can have no part in me. Now, um, if you were trying to win friends and influence people or if you were trying to make your ministry a mega ministry among the community that you were talking to. That is not the thing to say. That, that in our terms, okay, in our cultural reference, would be the equivalent to saying, 
an incredibly offensive thing, given an incredibly offensive instruction that everybody would think that's unacceptable, that's disgraceful, that's inconsiderate, uh, and we're having nothing to do with you anymore. And it says that day many left him and followed him no more. And he had to turn to his disciples and said, are you also going to leave me? Uh, was it an accident that Jesus said that? No, it was, uh, it was deliberate. Um, and uh, when the crowd had left who, who got offended at that, he then says to his followers who remain, he explains to them what he meant, that he's not talking about literally eating his body and literally drinking his blood, but he was talking about this as a, as a spiritual picture of, of, of how he wanted them to engage with and be part of um, and process what this relationship really meant. So I could take you to many other things that you would think, if I were Jesus, I wouldn't have said that, um, but he did. Why? Because he realized that we rarely change anything in our lives unless we treat a crisis as a crisis. And my title for this message is Never Waste a Crisis. Don't waste this. Don't become dogmatic one side or the other. But let it actually um, broaden you and, and build you and stretch you and expand you as a person, as a human being, as a spiritual being. Um, if you want the terminology, as a Christian, as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, however you want to put this, uh, I want it to do that. So, so, so um, I see so many parallels in what is happening uh, in the way things are being presented. And, and I'm going to illustrate. And, and for those of you who've been raised in church, you'll get exactly where I'm coming from. For those of you that haven't, I think you'll also get where I'm coming from. But you might struggle uh, a little bit, a little bit more with that. So, so I call the broadcast, and I don't mean to be disrespectful by this, but I, I call the daily broadcast the daily dogma uh, because it's not, it's not um, something to be strongly questioned. It's this is the doctrine, this is the belief system. Uh, this is the way walking it uh, and so and so I'm a little uncomfortable with that because of the way I've been raised okay you may not be I am because of what I see because I I would be what people would call in church terms now a progressive some would call me a liberal uh, which means that you don't nail your colors to the mast rigidly enough uh, and uh, that may be true but but I'll tell you what, I, I, love, I love God more than ever. And uh, I am as committed as ever, if not more in my life, to this process of, of understanding and being one with the divine and uh, uh, who he is and what, what the purpose is in this earth for us and for all things. Uh, so, yeah, so, so anyway... So here's what I would say about what is happening at the moment. We are being evangelized, okay? In the truest sense of the word, whether you really realize it or not, we are being evangelized and uh, we have evangelists who are evangelizing us with a gospel that they would like us to believe, 
and would like us to join the group um, in one sense without question, without opposition, without challenge. So, so you need to know we are being evangelized um, and the methods that I see being used are all so familiar to me. Okay, here's how it works. Take, take this from a, somebody who's been preaching in Pentecostal evangelical circles and across many denominations um, since then, uh, for, since I was um, 17 years of age, and I'm now 64, so that's a while, okay? So I, I, I recognize this stuff. Here's, here's how it works. Here's, here's how it's done. Uh, and this is not how I do it now. It's not how Q does it, but here's how it's done. You, you just watch how we're being evangelized. Here's how it works. You're in danger. Your life and well-being is under threat. And you are powerless to fix it. This, this is how the Christian gospel, the... the um, whether you take that into Islam or whatever, many of the world religions, this, this is where the gospel begins. You're in danger, your life and well-being are under threat, and you are powerless to fix it. That's, that's the premise of, um, it's the hook to catch people to hopefully listen to you without thought or without question, Okay. Now, the gospel may come within that. A good gospel may come within it, or it may not. But just be aware, this is what's happening now, and I'm paralleling it with, um, with evangelicalism, fundamentalism, whatever, whether you're Anglican, Catholic, or whatever. Uh, you're in danger. Your life and well-being is under threat, and you are powerless to fix it. But there is a saviour who will save you if you will accept the way of salvation. If you do not accept, there is no other way by which you can be saved. Now, parallel that, just, just put this with the current situation. There is only one way, and we are the messengers of the way. Give your life, your whole life, to the Saviour in response to the gospel being preached to you. See, whether you're in church now or whether you're listening to broadcast and media and government now can you see the parallel here any who question or refuse to accept the way of salvation are sinners to whom hell has opened its doors wide and there are many out there preaching a false gospel i've said this we've said this the church has said this every religion has said this and governments say this there are many out there preaching a false gospel we are the but we are the way the truth and the life no one comes to the answer except through us to take some words of jesus and rework them we are the true church and will adhere to the i'm going to be a bit a bit pointed now so get this here's what's preached okay we're the way the truth and the life no one comes to the answer except through us we are the true church and will adhere to the imperial college london bible this is the only authorised version, inerrant and infallible, in its original form. And we have the only true prophets, all others are liars and deceivers. Can you see? You're being evangelised. I'm being evangelised. We're being evangelised. So you must choose, believe, and you will be saved, right? This could be preached in a church. It's being preached about this. You must choose 
believe and you will be saved. Reject and you will be lost for eternity. Accept the Saviour, submitting all that you are and all that you have as a willing sacrifice upon the altar and commit to never living your life outside of the guidance and instruction of your Saviour ever again. Folks, this is evangelism as sure as anything preached within the bounds of religion. So am I opposed to recognising and dealing with the challenge of coronavirus? Absolutely, 100%, not at all. Okay, let's get that clear. But do I see all the hallmarks of fundamentalism, which is so readily jumped on and criticised in religion, and I have to say, sadly, yes. So bringing this back to what I started out with in this talk, listen to me, listen please. The mind that does not question is the mind that can be easily controlled. And that's the method of any fundamentalism is to present itself in such a way with the onlys and the exceptions to create the mind that does not question. Now the mind that does not question is the mind that can be easily controlled. So if we're going to apply that to fundamental religion, we also have to apply that to fundamental anything. When a preacher tells you that, okay, that the mind that does not question is the mind that can easily be controlled. When a preacher tells you that, perhaps you can trust him or her at least a little bit because he's bad for business. So as someone once wisely said, having said all that to you, never waste a crisis, okay? Nobody ever changed their life truly in the absence of a crisis. One great statement I love from uh, the daughter of, uh, of William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, Catherine Booth said, it's impossible to change the future without disturbing the present. Now, remember what I said about hawks and doves at the beginning. Um, when I say it's impossible to change the future without disturbing the present, however you are wired, you will perceive what that means in a very different way. Okay, let's forget the detail of that and just at least agree on the understanding that it is impossible to change the future without disturbing the present. Now, so, so in essence, where there is no crisis, there is very rarely any meaningful change. So, so don't waste this crisis, okay? Don't waste it. For you as a person, remember what we said at the beginning? That we're not so much talking about uh, punctuation in the context of the English language as we are about our lives and that our lives are not so much punctuated by the events that happen to us as they are by how we respond to the events that happen to us. So don't let this crisis be wasted, okay? We don't have to fight. We don't have to be against each other. All what we have to do, though, is remember that the mind that does not question is the mind that can be easily controlled. Questions are good. So as you punctuate your life... Let me give you this, these little tips. Use the comma often. A comma is something that says, it, we ain't done yet. Okay, we said that, but, but, but it's not over. There's something more 
to come. There's something more to write. There's, there's something more to say. We're using a comma there because this is not the end of anything. This is just leading us to something for which we are going to add something that will change the whole context of what we have just written to give it an application that goes beyond that being a statement that has now become a story rather than a statement. So use the comma often. Use the full stop sparingly. You see, full stops or, or, or um, periods to my American friends, a period, use a full stop or a period sparingly because once you put the full stop in there, that's the end of the sentence, that's the end of the statement, that's it. And there are not many statements that should truly have a full stop. I think probably the one statement I would say that truly deserves a full stop is uh, Jesus' words, uh, Jesus' last words on the cross during the crucifixion when he said, it is finished, full stop, period. I, I want you, me, all of us to live our lives with, with it wouldn't it be wonderful if that was in essence just the only full stop? That we take those words, it is finished, that, 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 that puts us in a place that says everything that is needed for whatever is required in whatever situation we find ourselves is already finished and we are simply walking into that truth, into that reality. So use the comma often. Use the full stop sparingly. Use the question mark most. See, question marks are great. If you've ever studied um, the life and ministry of Jesus in the Gospels, uh, it's amazing because there are a lot of questions in there, but do you know what Jesus' favourite answer to a question was? And I think this is wise. Whether, whether, you're, whether you're a Christian, would call yourself a Christian, or whether you are a seeker, or whether you are nothing of anything really at the moment because you just don't know. I think these, the, 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 this is wisdom encapsulated. Do you know what Jesus' favourite answer to a question was? A question. <laughs> Answering a question with a question. Why? Because, because without questions, we never grow. Without questions, we don't become anything. Without questions, we're stuck at a full stop. But questions always open the horizons to us. They, 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 open, they, open, open, um, they open situations to release potential into the situation. I think the whole universe is a question. Uh, I think the whole science within the universe is a question that's challenging us all the time. And, and, and when we think we've got an answer, uh, nature has a wonderful way of, uh, of, of challenging that answer with another question. And I think quantum, quantum physics is phenomenal because uh, uh, I'm going to say it's a monkey for that, but that would sound like linking Darwinism with whatever anyway there you go that's a stupid little joke but um but a question questions are amazing the reason we changed our church name from rock to Q is because we had so shifted from <clears throat> from what we thought was solid to what we realized was fluid <clears throat> And um, 
in in Latin, if you put the ION on the end of a, a word, the ION is the action of the word. So so as Q, we are Q and we ask people to join the quest. But the action of a quest is a question. If you don't have a question, you don't have a quest. And if you don't have a quest, you're not going anywhere. So that's why we changed to Q because we we wanted to um, we wanted to use the question mark most. Okay, the question. Imagine on just some statements. For, for those of you familiar with Bible and 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 Christian doctrine, imagine if if instead of saying Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, full stop or period, you were to say Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures question mark imagine if you said you know behold the lamb of god full stop period or behold the lamb of god question mark can you see how it changes the whole the whole context and and the whole action that becomes required after that one becomes a statement that can just become a dogma that we reel off like throwing hand grenades at people. You know, we've, we've got this. The other one becomes an invitation. You put the question mark and it becomes an invitation. Come deeper, come further. What does this really mean? What is this really saying? What are the implications of this for you? Question marks are wonderful. So use the comma often. Use the full stop sparingly. Use the question mark most. And also, this is for Jenny Byrne in particular. Love you, Jen. Make good use of the semicolon. The semicolon is that dot and comma at the bottom, dot and a comma. The semicolon says, okay, we, we are going to expand on this. We, we, are, going to, we are going to give more about what we just said. So make good use of the semicolon. You know, if you use that and question marks, well, there's always a, a good time for the semicolon to come in to say, okay, from that we are going to now expand on it. Okay, so use the comma often, use the full stop sparingly, use the question mark most, and make good use of the semicolon. In that way, I promise you, your life, your mind, and your spirit will always be enriched and never enslaved. Stay safe, live fully, love wastefully, and we'll see you on the other side. Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. If you've been inspired by what you've heard today, then why not email us at info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. We love that you're listening to us and we'd love to hear from you too. Did you know you can also watch all of the talks from Q on our YouTube channel? Just go to youtube.com forward slash Q Church York. We look forward to having you with us again soon. Until then, enjoy the quest. <laughs>